season two. How did this happen so quickly? I hope you all had a wonderful summer. I had a very exciting summer. I thought it was going to be a relaxing summer and that changed into a lot of work, which I'm truly grateful. I worked for the Hartwood Theater in Damariscotta, Maine, under the artistic direction of Griff Braley. I worked for the Argyle Theater in Babylon, New York, and I also did some wonderful teaching for Portsmouth School of Ballet and Dance Expressions Dance Arts in New Jersey. I'm so excited to have these lovely artists with whom I collaborate, and my next guest is a very special person. She did five Broadway shows in a span of 18 months. Her name is Maria Briggs. Her talent is really beyond compare, but it goes more than talent. She knows how to work, and this is why she is so valuable to the entertainment industry. I'm thrilled to welcome Maria Briggs to our show. Maria has the distinction of five Broadway shows in an 18-month period, which is incredible. Welcome, Maria. Thanks, Michelle. Thanks for having me. We met, I want to say 10 years ago. Is that, yep. or is it longer? <laughs> Can you believe it? 10 years. I can't I believe it. Just about. Yeah. Actually, it I might remember, be almost 12 years now, I think. Probably. I remember your first day of school, the first day I met you, Billy and I were doing placements and I said, who's that girl? And he goes, <laughs> oh, I know her. She's from Minneapolis. She's one of Carrie's girls. And I could immediately tell that you already could go out and start booking gigs. Oh, so why, why did you come to AMDA and train? Yeah. So I met Carrie Casterly at St. Paul's Conservatory for the Performing Arts. That was where I went to high school. And I had like a Fosse style class with her. And that was like my first introduction to musical theater, really. And I just remember being like, what is this? I love this. I want to learn about this. So when I was graduating high school, I kind of was deciding, like, am I going to go the like dance or concert dance route? Or am I going to take the plunge into this musical theater world that I've never really explored before? So I went that route. And so I didn't just I really didn't have a lot of like singing or acting uh, before AMDA. And so I thought that was like a nice way to kind of introduce it and study it. And also, I wanted to get a degree. So after AMDA, I actually transferred to the new school and finished my degree and got my BFA in musical theater there. So Carrie Casterly, for those listeners who might not know, she's part of this incredible performing family. Carrie and her sister, Janie, were in New York. I actually toured Chorus Line with Janie. Ah, yeah. They were in New York for many years, taking Broadway by storm. And then they went back home to Minneapolis and they run a school there. Yes, the whole Casterly family, they took over Lundstrom Center and it's it's pretty incredible what they've been able to do there. When I first met them, we were still like in this little space and literally dancing around like support beams. I mean, people in New York understand that lifestyle. <laughs> and then it's become like this the space they have is absolutely incredible and now they even have their own theater there. It's so cool. I love that. That's what I'm hoping to achieve in Maine one day. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm doing it step by step. I'm working up there now and hopefully 
by next year, I'll have a little apartment or whatever, a little secondary home. But let's get back to after you graduated from AMDA, did you do your new school while you were auditioning? Yeah. So one great thing about AMDA is that our classes switched to the evening, your fourth semester. Uh, So I really took advantage of that. And I was auditioning all day long, every day. Uh, So I was really fortunate when I graduated, I actually had three shows lined up at that time. So I was, I basically did um, most of my degree online. So when I graduated high school, I was fortunate to have this program where I was able to take college credits during that time. So I graduated with some college credits and I went to a community college for a semester while I did a show in Minneapolis before going to AMDA. So I was fortunate to have like a good chunk of credits already done. And then the new school also accepts all of AMDA's credits. So I just had a little bit to do. I did it online. And so I was working and studying at the same time, which was a lot, (laughs) but we did it. I just remember one of my shows, I was actually doing Radio City in Nashville and my goodness, we would finish like a four show day. And then at the end of the night, I was like, now I have a 20 page paper to write. <laughs> it's just like, that's a lot, Maria. A I lot. can't believe you did that because lot. some people just the, the fact that you got radio city, that's a big, big job. Yeah. All those repetitive shows and the show itself is not a piece of cake by no. any means. No. So after radio city and after getting your degree from the new school, you did white Christmas. Am I missing any kids? Yes. I did a few regional shows between there. I guess before White Christmas, like another kind of landmark moment was I got my equity card at Goodspeed. And that was actually my first swinging job as well, which was really exciting and kind of helped with my whole career with that. Now, do you find swinging easy and you've done it a lot now? Mm. So how do you feel about being a swing? Yeah, it's really hard. (laughs) It's a really tough job. And each show kind of has its own process as well. So I think that was kind of the biggest thing I learned is like, you just have to learn to acclimate yourself with how that show works um, and their setup. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot of mental work. It's a lot of paperwork, even at least for myself. Part of my process is I'll have rehearsal and Then when I go home, it's all homework. I write things down. I test myself. Like, how much did I remember from rehearsal today? Oh, I missed this part. So let me rewrite this. Let me practice that again. So it's a lot of homework at like afterwards. (laughs) So it's literally like doing the show all day long. And then it's just, once you know it, then it's just that stress of like, am I on today? Am I not on today? Oh, I'm not on today. And then all of a sudden somebody's injured in the middle and now I'm being thrown on. So yeah, it's, it's a stressful job, but I do, I do love it. I love the like last minute pressure of like, okay, here we go. Let's, I get into like that super focus mode as well, which is kind of cool. It almost feels like a superpower in a way, truly, where it's just like, there's like this laser focus that has to happen. And it's really cool to get this support from my fellow castmates and crew offside or off stage as well. And yeah, I, I do love it. And I don't remember if it was, I think it was 2019. Yeah. 2019. My stepson and I went to see your show. I took him yes. for his birthday. 
You were so kind. You took us backstage. But one thing I want to say to the listeners is Maria was on that day, but you would never, ever know that <laughs> she was the swing. It was just like you were in the cast. Thank you. I loved And you played so many roles within that show. You had all yes. these costume changes. I loved Mean Girls. I thought it was a great show. Yeah, thank you. Out of the five, you're welcome. Out of the five that you did, Cats, Hello, Dolly, Anastasia, Frozen, and Mean Girls, do you have one that really is closer to your heart? Because mm-hmm. you overlapped getting one to the other. You were doing like two at once at one point. <laughs> so were you getting two checks, I hope? <laughs> yeah, so I will say the one that like, is super close to my heart is Cats. I don't know if it's just because it was my Broadway debut, but also with that show, gosh, there's just nothing like it. And I, I know there are some people who might not be Cats fans. I get it. But also doing the show is absolutely incredible. You get to dance the whole time and like dance, dance, like super heavy. And you get to sing the entire time, too. And so there just aren't many musicals that have that, um, especially for the ensemble. And the other special part is that I swung that show. And so it was fun to be like, I'm the ballerina cat tonight. And now I'm the belting cat and now soprano. And like, it was kind of fun to get to play a little bit of everything. And then, yes, I was fortunate. So we do, or I did what's referred to like double duty. Uh, So during the day, there was a moment I was in Frozen Uh, And I had booked Hello, Dolly. So I was in Hello, Dolly rehearsals during the daytime. And then I would go across the street and then I would be in Frozen at night. And that had happened a few times with my shows. And but one really special moment, uh, my parents were in town and they had come to see Hello, Dolly. And I brought them into Schubert Alley, which is this space between 44th and 45th. And with Hello, Dolly, it was really cool. They actually had our names up on the marquee. And so I was showing my parents this. And then they were like, well, where have your other shows been? And I was like, oh, my gosh, turn the corner. Let me show you like where else I'm working. So they saw the show. They saw Hello, Dolly Saturday. And then that Tuesday, they got to see me in Frozen. It was amazing. Absolutely incredible. That's so great. So your parents are still in Minneapolis area. Yes, they are. Yep. Okay. And clearly they gave you their support for your career. Yeah. Did you go back to Minneapolis during this last year? I did in June. That was my first time going back since the pandemic. And it was, oh gosh, it was just so nice to see family again. And especially like my nieces and nephews and my brothers who I haven't seen in so long. And, but it's also crazy to reflect back on the year before. And my parents had visited in, I think it was like February, right before everything shut down. It was just like, how lucky are we that you didn't get sick and that you were healthy and that even as silly as this is, you were able to see the show before it closed and everything. And Yeah, it's just crazy how everything's turned around and upside down. You know, I'm in a different phase of my life and I I was affected slightly, but fortunately I remained employed. But I was thinking about you and I was thinking about friends like Alexa DeBar, who was in West Side Story. You're all in your prime years of performing and to the general public who aren't performers, the age that you are now, this is like when you're going to be working so much and 
I was just heartbroken because to have a year plus, yeah. it's going on two actually, right. taken away from you all. Billy and I, Billy Johnstone and I were talking about this. We worked steadily from our early 20s, you know, until like age 40, until we transitioned into teaching and choreography and directing and everything. Mm -hmm. So we just were like, would we have been able to deal with it the way as gracefully as you all have? Because you all really, <laughs> honestly, I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we just were like, we can't imagine. We, and, and plus, it was a different time. We didn't have this technology. Mm. We, we barely, I think I got a flip phone in like 1999 right, or something right. like that. Like, yeah. you know, and so all of this technology wasn't around to help us out back then. But I honestly, we've, you and I've been taking class lately and yes. I just admire how you're just like getting yourself back in shape, oh, getting back you. in it. It's, yeah. it's been tough. I will admit too. I, I actually fell into a depression when this had happened. And I think part of that was just, I was on such an extreme high of just like constant work nonstop. And I didn't even really allow myself time to rest because it just felt like there was no time to rest. And then this happened and then there was nothing to do. And honestly, dancing was almost making it worse in a way. It almost felt worse because I was in my little living room that there wasn't any space. And for me as a dancer, I love to travel. Like that's one thing that makes me happy as a dancer. And I couldn't do that. I couldn't do that in my space. And sorry, traveling, meaning like moving across the floor sort of feel. So I did have to take a step back for a second. And I was fortunate. I have a physical therapist who I've been in contact with. If you want to check her out, her name is Megan Weiss. That's the Broadway PT on Instagram. And I was able to connect with her. And I felt so guilty of saying like, Megan, I'm not dancing during this time. And she would say, that's okay. Right now, all you have to focus on is just strengthening for being a human <laughs> right now. Like that's all you have to do. And I'm really fortunate to have her support with that. So I was doing little workouts at home. I eventually started Orange Theory because that was something that was open. And also I could make affordable because dance classes are pretty expensive right now. And that's kind of been my other struggle is just we haven't been working and so I don't have the funds to necessarily pay for the amount of class that I have to get into shape. So Orange Theory has allowed me to at least move in that way, which I've learned. I've learned different things that I wasn't doing before. So Orange Theory is allowed like strength training. I've had more stability in my shoulders and my hips now, which I didn't have before. So I do feel like going back into this, I'm trying to become a smarter dancer with that in mind. I love everything that you just said. Um, as far as the depression, did you seek any kind of non-physical help or yes. did you have anybody to talk to? Yeah, I actually started seeing a therapist, which was really kind of my first time doing that. And I definitely was a person that was like, no, I don't think I need that. I'm, I'm happy. I'm healthy. Like things are going fine. And I think it can be for everyone. I think it's really important to talk about mental health. And um, especially I feel like we finally have brought 
awareness to it. So I'm, yeah, I'm really thankful that I started therapy and I've gotten out of this depression, which is great. And yeah, just to know that it's okay to have those lows and that you will eventually, and also to kind of help celebrate the highs as well. You kind of need the lows to balance it out. That's one thing about this business that if you are a person that doesn't like change or doesn't like Mm -hmm. sudden upheavals of your life, even in non-pandemic times, you get a phone call or you get an email and you're on a plane across the country or you're traveling to another country. This is what I love about it. It's a roller coaster. Yeah. And so I, I always tell my students, I never did drugs because mm-hmm. this roller coaster to me was like a big high, but yeah. there also are some lows to it and you have to learn how to ride them. Having some support and having a strong foundation and a team of people that can help you navigate it all is really important. And yes. so to everyone who's listening, who have gone through a hard time, it's completely understandable. Like this yes. year and a half, has been a dippity doodah. It has not been good at all. (laughs) Yeah. But even seeing you in tap class, and I will say to the listeners, Orin Kornblum's tap class is way too hard for me. It's way too hard. I feel like I'm in the ocean and get knocked around, but it's amazing because I don't want to be in a tap class that's too easy for me. Right. You know, I got to like, and I'm learning so I can be a better teacher because I'm teaching Mm. now. And choreographing and everything. So getting into classes with him is so great and he makes it affordable, right? Yes, Don't you love absolutely. his classes? Absolutely. I think that's part of it too, is if we keep going to classes that are easy, you're not growing. I would always say like, oh, if I could be a student the rest of my life, I would do that. And I think that's exactly what an artist is. Like we're constantly learning with every show even without a show, you're still growing, you're still learning. And so I think, I think it's absolutely incredible. And I love having you in class. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. None of you make me feel like, like I'm too old to be there. You know what I mean? Never. Yeah. Can we fangirl just for a moment about my favorite, favorite Randy Skinner? How much do you love working for him? I, that's like the one thing I'm waiting for with this pandemic. I'm like, I cannot wait to get into Randy's class. I can't wait for it. He is an absolute dream to work for. I, I think that's what also intrigued me about this field. I grew up with singing in the rain and I love that style. I love that era and he knows it. And it's not like a new take on that style either. Like it's very traditional and classic. Oh, he's just brilliant. He's absolutely brilliant. I love his musicality, and I also love how he makes every single person who takes his class feel special, seen, yes. and important. I can't wait for when he comes back to class, and I'm hoping he does. I really mm-hmm. hope he does. I hope the pandemic hasn't like switched him mm-hmm. off from taking cl- teaching class. But yeah, so you did White Christmas for Randy, and was that the tour? Yes, I did that for two years. Excellent. And was it fun? Oh, gosh, it was amazing. Those costumes alone. I love it. And especially like with blue skies where you get to wear the suit jacket and the heels and the rhinestone tights. My gosh, it was amazing. Absolutely amazing. And the cast itself was so 
awesome, which is touring is a whole nother thing too. Like you become, I mean, with any show, you kind of become a family, but this one travels together. (laughs) So it's interesting to see, you know, how do you work together in all cities and while you're traveling? Are you a good person to travel? Like, or do you like to get up early to get to the airport and all this bus calls, all those things? getting up early. I am such a night owl. But I will say when I have to get up in the morning, like to get to the bus, that's fine. And I actually do enjoy that. It's like, okay, I have something to get me out of bed sort of thing. But yeah, no, I definitely prefer being up at night. I have flipped when I had my daughter. I before I had my daughter, I was a night owl, too. And I would get up like around noon or whatever. And then I when you have a baby, you have to wake up clearly. Right. She's kind of a night owl, though. She used to wake up at seven, which in in the baby world, that's kind of late. Like a lot of babies wake up around five or six. And she used to get up at seven, which was manageable. And even at school, when she started kindergarten, she asked me, she said, is there an afternoon session I could go to? (laughs) I was like, no, we don't have showgirl school right now. (laughs) So I can't really stay up late anymore. I go to bed early. And also just because I feel like I push my body a little bit. So Mm. I need that recovery time. Yeah. But let's talk about how you prepare when you're on stage How do you prepare for a show? Let's say you're not rehearsing for another show. Let's say you just have an evening performance. What's Mm -hmm. your day like? Let's spend a day. Let's spend a day in the life of Maria Briggs. What do you do? That's a great question. And it really depends on the show and what I'm doing in the show. When you are swing, it makes it really difficult and tricky because you don't know if you're going to be on that night. So I do always plan to be on. But then it's even trickier too, like, especially with cats where it's like, oh, am I going to be the white cat tonight? If I'm going to be the white cat, that's going to change my day versus if I was on for someone else. But I, I feel like if anything, I do like to try and take classes that are opposite of the style of what I might be performing in. Yeah, it kind of depends on what I, how drained I am from the show as well. I do get up. And I have like my protein shakes in the morning and a nice like balanced breakfast in the morning. I might get to class, but also I might have a rehearsal as well. If I was a swing or an understudy that can still happen during the day, but otherwise it's really trying to catch up with friends as well, because a lot of your life is committed to the show. Uh, So I do try to build like an outside life and, oh, I wanted to add that in as well. Um, when we were talking about depression, I think it's important to also find things outside of theater as well, like find different hobbies. Um, I love crafting. That's one of my favorite things to do. Um, and so, yeah, I think it's important to find that as well, but yeah, that's kind of my day. I spend a lot of my day in Midtown. Cause again, it's like, Am I going to be thrown on? Am I not going to be thrown on? I'd rather be down here in case I am because I like to be early to the theater. I don't I I don't like to show up at half hour unless I know I'm not going to be on. Then I'll show up around that time. But I'm usually there an hour before. Good, good. And then after the show, what's your post show? I definitely have to wind down. (laughs) that's the hard part. That's also why I've kind of become a night owl because sometimes I don't get home till midnight and 
I'm still on such a high from the show that I really don't get to bed till around like two in the morning. When I was doing cats, oh my goodness, I was burning so many calories that I would go home and just eat like two huge servings of pasta almost every night just because I had to like refuel so much. But other than that, yeah, I, I do a few stretches in my dressing room after to cool down. And then kind of, I sometimes put my headphones in for the subway ride, but sometimes I run into friends on the subway as well, or other friends coming down from their shows and we'll catch up there. And then I kind of just watch TV and just like try to relax and set that tone that it's time for bed versus like, I just did a show. Let's go do something. So yeah, I definitely try to like tone down and prepare for bedtime. When I first saw you back in class a couple of weeks ago, you looked completely different. And I want to, it's so amazing what hair color can do to a person because normally you are blonde and I've known you always as a blonde, but I guess during the pandemic, I guess you let your hair grow. I let it go. I let it go. Part of it because I knew I wasn't really going out. And also I was like, well, I'd rather put my finances towards something else versus that. So yeah, I let it go. And, but we did, we went back blonde again. So yeah. I like it both ways. It's just Thanks. that the dark hair really changed your look. Like, Absolutely. do you remember you were like, Hey, Michelle. And I looked at you <laughs> and I Who just didn't, <laughs> you just didn't look like Maria to me. No. I was like, who's still pretty, still beautiful. But you <laughs> just, and, and your hair, your curls were bigger too. Yes. Sometimes you have these like little curls yeah. and you had these like big giant curls going on. So I just, I was, I really didn't know you at all. And you yeah. were like, you, you leaned forward and you were like, it's Maria. And I was like, <laughs> oh my goodness. And then the next week in class, you were back to the, the blonde Maria that yes. I know. <laughs> so funny. It's just so funny how people can change their look. Yeah. And with a simple thing like dark hair or light hair. Absolutely. Yeah. And and that's the thing too. I kind of got to spend this time playing around with my curls as well. Cause usually it's like, I'm running to class or something, just throw my hair up. But this time I was like, what can my curls actually do? And like, there are so many different like methods on how to curl it and everything. And so, yeah, I got to play around. And so I was finding like these bigger, bigger curls, which was kind of cool. It looks good though. It looks good. I have a question for you. What is your big, big goal? Like what, mm-hmm. what box do you want to check as your big career goal? Mm-hmm. That's a great, great question. And I think I'm still figuring that out. During this time, I've realized, at least for myself, as a dancer, I feel like it was like, oh, I got to do this and I got to do this and I got to do this. Okay, great, great. Now I can fit into this show or this show or this show and this show. And now I'm trying to figure out what do I actually want to do versus like fitting a puzzle piece? Does that make sense? Um, yeah. Yeah. Like, like, what do you want for your life yeah. and your career? Yeah. And I think part of that is exploring another side of myself that doesn't necessarily make it to the stage, I guess. My best example is I loved playing anybody's in West Side Story. I did that at Sacramento Music Circus and at Paper Mill. And I absolutely loved it because I got to play something serious, something more intense, where a lot of the shows I've done are like bubbly and happy-go-lucky sort of feel, which is also great too. But I think that's something I I just want to kind of explore that other side of myself that doesn't necessarily get seen 
immediately in the room, if that makes sense. Yeah. What about film and TV and and acting? Yeah, I definitely want to branch into that. During this time, I actually started studying voiceover, which is something I always wanted to do, but never had the time to study it. So I finally had the time. I've definitely, I want to go more the animation route for voiceover, but definitely into like interested in commercial as well. But I would Oh my gosh, I would love to be on like a television show that my nieces and nephews watch or something like that would be a dream job. And then I do like when I'm older, I would love to be in like straight plays as well. So I definitely like that's kind of my next step too is like really focusing more on acting as well. Do you feel like New York is your home more than Minneapolis? I think so. At the moment, yeah, for sure. And I don't like I want to be here. I don't want to leave yet because I know some people start to get that itch of needing to leave, which again is absolutely fine, but I don't I don't have that yet. I love the energy of the city and the culture of the city and even just like there's so much to see here. I absolutely love it. And I don't miss driving. Do you, <laughs> do you feel like the city's starting to come back to Maybe not what it was, but I I see changes too a little bit. So I really didn't leave my apartment much during this whole time. But I remember when the shutdown was first happening there, it was so weird. People weren't sure how to like walk next to each other because New York, you're like piled up on the sidewalks and it almost felt like we were zombies or something and like trying to avoid each other, which was such a new thing. And then it was like not like going to Times Square. So unfortunately, Mean Girls on Broadway had closed. And so we had to pick up our things from the theater and just going to Midtown and specifically on 44th Street and seeing no lights on and seeing the St. James Theater with not one sign on it was heartbreaking. And I Just never thought I would ever see this in my life. Because even when a show closes, usually the marquee is going up for the next one coming in. But there wasn't anything coming in at that point. So just to see everything so barren was tragic. And the restaurants that had closed as well, like going down Ninth Avenue and oh my gosh, it was heartbreaking. But recently I've been going back into Midtown again and we have tourists again. <laughs> and I actually walked through Times Square and I was like, oh my gosh, we're coming back because I'm not enjoying this as much anymore in Times Square. <laughs> there are too many people again. <laughs> so I do think we are just starting to come back. I feel like that full energy isn't quite there yet, but we're on our way. Are you doing online auditions? Um, Occasionally, yes. Not too many at the moment, but gosh, that's a whole nother, whole nother beast to take on. I've been watching people on Instagram take screenshots of themselves trying to do dance calls online. Yeah. And I kind of think that that is a little bit... Not really fair. I think it's unfair for people to ask people to audition in a small space. Right. What I what I would suggest is for everyone to get a dance reel together of mm-hmm. them being mm-hmm. filmed dancing so that other people can watch your work. Right. But I, 
I do kind of think the playing field is a little bit uneven right now when it comes to, yes, you can do a monologue or do a Zoom audition if you're acting and you can certainly sing online. But to to dance, especially New Yorkers who have tiny apartments, that's a lot to ask people. I agree. And I'm not sure if the company is aware of how costly that is as well, because people, we don't have the room in our apartments. And so I know so many friends who have to rent out studio space and my gosh, that adds up so much. And because some friends, they like have to rent the studio space to learn it. And then they have to go back the next day and rent it again to actually film it. And And then it gets tricky too. Like you have to bring all of your equipment with you and hopefully you have a friend who can help you with it, but sometimes you just don't. And so it's, there are a lot of hats that you have to wear while doing it. And Mm -hmm. also I feel like so many of us are perfectionists. And so you record and then you're like, Oh, I, I can do that better. Let me try again. Let me try again. Let me try again. Then you're on like your 10th take you're exhausted So it's not getting any better. It's just like, ah, I, yeah, I can't wait for live auditions to come back, which they are slowly coming back from what I'm hearing. It's good. Do you have any jobs that you have lined up for the future or are you just like back to the drawing board? Hopefully still kind of like waiting on paperwork and such, but that, I think that's the other scary part is nothing is still certain yet. And I even have a friend that I was talking to last night and they're supposed to be doing a Broadway show, I think in the springtime or something And there, but they even left the city and they're trying to figure out like, when will I come back? Is the show going to happen? Is it not going to happen? And just, there's just not a lot of communication at this moment which is really tough. And we are recording this in August and this is going to be released in September. So Mm -hmm. I'll maybe do a little update with people and see if uh, things have changed. But how, how have you changed in the last year? What's something that, that you learned about yourself? I'm trying to be a little more patient with myself, (laughs) especially coming back from all of this. It's really tough to not be in the same shape that I was when this first started. So definitely trying to be more patient. When I do go back to work, it's also being more aware of setting up my boundaries as well with that and speaking up for others who might not feel safe in those environments to create a healthy, safe work environment. Yeah. I I think those are some major things that I've learned during this time. Let's speak a little bit more about that. Did you ever witness anything that really wasn't safe? So have you ever, were you ever around and in an uncomfortable situation? Absolutely. And not even just myself, but of others. And, and even cases that I necessarily wasn't aware of, but fortunately I've been very privileged of having friends who have helped uh, educate my, educate me on this. And then reflecting back on moments where it's just like, Oh my gosh, I didn't even realize that or see that like just for a small example of wigs and how different people are treated when it comes to hair care and how everyone in those departments, not 
they might not be trained on how to handle all different styles of hair. Uh, so that's just one element that I didn't even pay attention to, um, but have now become aware of. Yeah, there's, I think that's what's special about this time. We finally have brought light to the issues that we've been dealing with for many, many years and generations. And now I think it's in the hands of us of like, what are we going to do about that? Do we want to continue down that path or do we actually want to make change? And the change has to happen in these rooms. It has to happen outside of these rooms. We have to keep pushing for each other and yeah, continuing to have that like strength in numbers as well of we're not putting up with this anymore. Wow. That's really powerful. And I just want to thank you for being here. You're always just a source of light in any room that you walk into. You're really talented, Maria. It's not just about like the dancing. It's, it's just about who you are and what you bring to your work and what you bring to this world. I hope that you get lots of work because you really are a shining star. Thank you, Michelle. And you too. (laughs) My gosh. Are you kidding me? Right back at you. This has been a journey. uh, But one of the challenges for me is that I'm trying to grow older gracefully. And my value as a person doesn't depend on, this is going to sound shallow, but like how beautiful I am. Do you know what I mean? Because like, that was how I would book work. I would book work because I had a certain look and blah, blah, blah. And mm-hmm. in our society too, there's a lot of stress and a lot of value placed on the youth and being an older person. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Image. And so I, I do the best I can, but I am not going to resort to plastic surgery or do anything or abuse my body into a thinness I mean, I'm still thin, whatever, but you know what I'm saying? Like there are people that diet to the point of there's not an ounce of fat on them or they're just like, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'm trying to just be a healthy person first and then a performer, director, choreographer, second teacher, you know, but one of the things I enjoy is that we, I feel like you and I do belong to a community of people that really care about each other and we support each other and we're trying to all lift each other up, which is awesome. And I think that's clear too, to show that you're not just trying to do that. Like you are doing that. And I think you are setting such a wonderful example for so many more generations to come as well. Well, thank you. I hope that, what is this, August now? So I hope that the next six months for you are just opening up the world again, but with a change. And I'm glad you were so busy before this pandemic happened, but I also know that things will be a little bit different. Mm -hmm. It's going to take it's going to take time for the entertainment industry to rebound, I think. Yeah, I agree. Slowly but surely, we will get back. (laughs) Do you have any uh, last words to say to anybody who might be Mm. new to the podcast or new to show business? Is there any kind of just helpful hint you want to offer? I think just thinking about this now, always trust yourself and appreciate the power that you have as an individual. 
know that everybody's path is going to look different. Success looks different as well. My boyfriend and I talk about this a little bit. He hasn't done a Broadway show, but he has kept working. And I think that is just as successful. Uh, So don't limit yourself of what others might think is like the top of the podium or something like that. You are such a strong individual and you have the power and every somebody is looking for you, if that makes sense. Like don't change yourself to fit something. Keep playing into your strengths and be proud of what you bring to the table. I think that's perfect. And I think that's a perfect way to end this podcast today, Maria. Thanks for your time. I know that you are busy and I appreciate and value you. So I guess I'll see you in class, right? Sounds good. Yes. Thanks for having me, Michelle. (laughs) Thank you so much, Maria. The Showgirl Tip of the Day podcast has original music composed by Joshua Holloway. Find him on YouTube, Joshua Holloway Music. This podcast is written by Michelle Bruckner and edited by Michelle Bruckner and Joshua Holloway. Find me on Instagram, Showgirl Tip of Day. Thanks for listening. We'll see you again next week with a new episode. Oh,